I'm telling you, this is a special Memorial Day weekend because we're going to remember the one who passed away but who conquered the grave and who reigned supreme and alive today. And because of him, we have the freedom to be here in this house and the freedom to be there in your house to worship him. Hallelujah. 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 As we were singing that, the Lord said, begin to stomp on the enemy's head because I've already paid a price for your children. I've already paid a price for your grandchildren. I've already paid a price for your relatives that don't know me. And they're coming. And they're coming. It's time to begin to march in victory and walk in victory and live in victory. Pastor, come. Lead us in prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voices again and give him a shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today and we give you praise, Lord God. All of the glory, all of the honor belongs to you, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for the life that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the freedoms that we have today, for the liberty that we have in Christ. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, that causes us to overcome the dead. Thank you, Lord, that in you we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We honor honor you. We glorify you. We magnify your name, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for preserving us, for keeping us to this point. Thank you for bringing us to this place, oh God. Hallelujah. We glorify the name of our Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we lift up today. Glory to God, our unsaved loved ones. And pray, God, that you would save them, wherever they may be, wherever they are, Lord God, wherever they hide, wherever they go. Your hand is not short that you cannot save. Lord, reach them where they are. God, save them to the uttermost. Save, heal, deliver, and set them free in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for our leaders today. We pray for Apostle C and Sister C today. We pray for Pastor Gardner, Lord God. We lift them up before you in the name of Jesus. We speak blessing over them healing over their lives, strength and encouragement today. In the name of Jesus, we pray for all of our EACM ministers, every ministry, every church, every parachurch. We lift them up before you today and we speak grace over their lives, grace over their families, grace over their ministries. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, we pray for all of our chaplains today, Lord, for the FRC chaplains, for the IAC chaplains. We lift them up before you tonight. In the name of Jesus, God strengthen and encourage their hearts. Bless them, Lord, as they're out on the front lines. Lord God, as they serve untiringly. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And Father, we pray for this great house and for our leaders here today. We pray for our bishop, Lord. We pray for our pastor, Dr. Cheryl. We lift them up before you today. And God, we thank you for what you've done in their lives. We thank you for how you sustained them, how you preserved them, how you kept them. And now, God, with one voice, as one people, we lift our voices and we praise you to the heavens for what you're doing in our leaders right now. We praise you, God, 
Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing on this house. Thank you for your growth in this house. For exponential growth, Lord. Every resource. Provision for every need. In the name of Jesus. We pray that families, homes in this region, Lord, would be touched and affected by this ministry. Again and again and again and again. In the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, again with one voice. We thank you for these things, Father. And we give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, family, lift your voice even at home and give the Lord a mighty shout. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. You may be seated if you can.
right there. Memorial Day is about honoring the fallen. Pleased. He's pleased in what you're doing. He's pleased in the fact that you continue through the pain. You've continued through the hurt. He said, my son, thank you. For as you play, you fill the heavens. As you play, it joins the harp of David in worship. Yes, my son, I say it's been difficult, it's been tough. But watch in the days to come. Watch in the weeks to come as release comes in this hand. As feeling comes back into these fingers. As you play, I'm touching. As you are touching those that are listening, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, we've grown. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Let's go to the throne of grace this morning. Amen? Amen. And if you're at a place you can kneel, just join me. I love this posture before God. Amen? But I just want to pray for those of you at home, those of you here, that we would just have ears to hear what God is saying. Amen? It's a new day and a new way. And Father, we just thank you this morning. We come before you, even now, at home, as we live stream, and even in this place, we come before you on our knees. Because, God, that is where we need to fight every battle. That is where we need to be every time we approach you. And so, God, accept our humility, our humbleness, our brokenness before you. Because, God, we thank you right now that you look over us, guide us, direct us. We thank you that you have made provision for us through your son, Jesus. We thank you that he was probably the greatest military leader of all time. We thank you for his life that he served. And we thank you for every one of our military and our folks in the armed services that have just totally given their lives, everything they had. And Father, today as we just press forward into this new season, as we spend these last few days before Pentecost, we ask even now for a fresh dose of your Holy Spirit. Fall on us. Fall in this place. Fall in every home, God. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you as we hear your word, as we hear you speak. Let us listen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Can you just give God a praise this morning? Amen. How many of you know God's talking in this season? And that's what I called it today. He's talking, and we need to listen. How many of you have have kids, and when you want their attention, you go, now listen here. And that's what God's doing in this season and been doing. 
How many of you would say yes? Some of the greatest times I've ever grown in my walk, in my journey of life and with God has come when I have become awakened by a difficulty in my life. We go through difficult stuff. We go through setbacks. We go through suffering. And we get awakened. And I believe that this has been a hard season. I mean, when we were back in March, and so, if somebody said, oh, we're not doing, you know, we're going to be doing this for a long time, I would just be like, don't say that. But I look and I think, wow, all the good stuff that has come from this setback, from this suffering, from this difficult circumstance. And I got to say, God has gotten our attention. I get reports daily across my desk from intercessors all over the nations, this nation, other nations. I just heard from my little gal in Pakistan, we have not given up. We are praying and believing God. Wow. Awesome. We heard from our school and church in Sierra Leone. We are moving forward. India. Apostle Daniel. Yeah, we're on lockdown, but we're not locked out. <laughs> Woo! It's a new day. And as we head in this last week toward Pentecost, awesome. God is so awesome. He made it so the timing, we have to know the time and the seasons, right? Passover to Pentecost. And we're moving there. Why? Because we need that Holy Spirit to impact us, to empower us. How many of you got a fresh energy, fresh everything? When I began to ask God, what are we returning to? What's the new way we're doing? What are we doing in this new day, a new way? He said, go back to the foundations. Go back to reading the word, praying. Go back to seeking my face. Go back to love, 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 love. And how many of you would be honest and say, man, that's what I've been doing. I've been reading. I've been praying. I've been seeking his face. Yeah, because he's got you where he wants you. Let's be honest. We'd have still been ripping and running everywhere. <laughs> but God said to me several things for today, but three things that stuck really strong was awaken, honesty, action. Awaken, honesty, action. And he said, you can't do one and not the others.
And he said, it spells aha. How many of you have had those aha moments? You know, I kind of did a little research to find out just exactly what aha means. Because it's not a regular English word. But how many times do lights go on and we go, aha. And God said to me, it's a God-given moment that changes things. Aha. That God-given moment where things are changed forever. First, he says, there's been an awakening. How many of you would say, I have come awake? (laughs) I can't tell you for how many years we as intercessors would get together and pray, God, wake up the church. Wake us up. We're asleep. We're slumbering. We're just not with it. We are awakened. That devil better look out. The church is alive. And it's awakened. You know, I want you to look real quick at 2 Chronicles 36, 15. Because what we have to understand about awakening is God will sound the alarms. Look at this. It says, And the Lord God of their messengers, oh, their fathers, sent to them by his messengers... Rising up betimes or getting up early and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Rising up early. Rising up over and over. So I began to look that up again in the Hebrew. I think I'm addicted to the Hebrew translations now but it's very interesting because rising up early doesn't only mean that you get up early to spend time with God but God sent messengers and it says they're rising up betimes rising up early and it says and sending because he had compassion on his people and in another translation even goes so far as to say over and over again God has sent us clues about this season time and time and time again. And I love it because we always seem to get it afterward. I can't tell you how many folks said to me, that was prophesied in 2005. That was prophesied in 2007. Yeah, I know. But how come we just got it? And God sent messengers, and it says before times, rising up early. So I said, Lord, what does that mean? Does it just mean we get up early? He goes, no, it translates in the Hebrew, taking action early. Taking action early. In other words, God was sending us messengers saying, come on, wake up, get ready, because I'm going to be sending something your way, and you're going to battle through it. And so intercessors have been praying and praying, and I said, God, did we miss it? He goes, no, think of how much more 
damage it could have done. Think of how much worse it could have been had you not all been praying. See, we don't think of that, do we? Taking action early. God will begin to sound an alarm in us. But see, he's talking and are we listening? I want you to just say that. Say, I'm listening. (laughs) That's right. You can't have awakening, honesty, and action. You can't do one and skip the other two. (laughs) Once we get awakened... Now we got to do something. You know, a good example is in Luke 15. I want you to look at Luke 15. Familiar passage, and I, I mean, Bishop and I have preached on the prodigal. But God began to show me something else about that whole thing with the prodigal. In Luke 15, and look at verse 17. It says, when he came to himself, he came to himself. I love another, another version. The Hebrew Bible says, he came to his senses. <laughs> How many times in our lives have we suddenly come to our senses? In fact, some people will do that. They'll go, oh. Awakening. The prodigal son went through all kinds of junk. I mean, living with the pigs. And then came to his senses. How many of you would say, man, I have lived with the pigs for a minute. I went through some stuff. But then... I came to myself, came to my senses. And what is that? That's an awakening. We have been awakened. And I love our God because he didn't just slam us. We kind of went and got alive and came awake week by week. You know, somebody the other day said to me, Oh, my God, Dr. Cheryl, we're on lockdown till the 10th or 12th of June. I said, well, that tells me we all haven't heard yet. (laughs) Right? Tells me some people are still not listening. See, I don't look in the natural. I want to keep looking. And what are you saying, God? He said, if I cut you loose right now, it's a (laughs) free-for-all. Wow. I said, you know, God, I almost want you to keep it going till I don't know when. I love it. I love being locked up with you and Bishop. It's all good. Amen? I love you, honey, to pieces. I do. It's good things, good things. Bishop keeps telling people, he, you know, he's on the phone with pastors around the world, and he tells them all the time, I want you to all know I'm experiencing a living miracle. 
I mean, I get one every day in my house now. And they're like, what's going on? What's happening? He goes, my wife is cooking every day. Woo! <laughs> Repeatedly awakening, coming alive. How many of you are seeing stuff every day? Wow. Stuff you never saw before in the word of God. I love it. Secondly, honesty. Look at Luke 15, verse 18 and 19. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Wow. Second one is honesty. Honesty. The prodigal awakened, hello, but now he had to get honest. You know, you talk about celebrate recovery, and you can do that right here in this sanctuary, in this building, every Thursday night, but those folks, when they come, they got to get honest. Hello. You can't come and play pretend. When you go through our inner healing and deliverance seminar, hello? And that's coming up, but you got to talk to doctors Simon and Trish because I don't know, we might be backed up till 2035. I don't know. <laughs> but when you come, you got to be honest. The prodigal was convicted. He goes, man, I have sinned. When you go to God with what's going on in your life, you got to say, God, man, I'm awakened. I have sinned. Because some of us think because we're in the church, we're church folk. Church folk don't sin. Only those folks out in the distant country. He says, I've sinned. There came honesty. He confessed right there. Now listen to me, because I want to talk about this for a second. He confessed right there. Who did he confess to? God and himself. Some of us, Avoid ourselves. <laughs> Some of us avoid ourselves. We kind of get to where, well, I know I missed it, but I wasn't such a bad person. It's not about being a bad person. <laughs> we can't avoid us. People go, you know, I just got to get out of here and move to China, you know, England, whatever. And I said, well, guess what? Guess who's going with you? You! Can't avoid yourself. There has to be a brokenness. Breaking. You can't just be feeling bad about your sin. You're going to be broken. It's where you tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Tell yourself the truth about yourself to yourself. There's 
difference real quick here between regret and repentance. Regret means sorry I got caught. Sorry that I got awakened, but we never seem to get to the repentance part. That's where we're broken and we're humble and we say, God, change me. I don't like the way I am. It goes way beyond just acknowledging. It goes way beyond than just saying, you know, we acknowledge today our heroes that have given their lives. We acknowledge that. But it would be a whole nother thing if you took that soda heart, let's say, and you went home and wrote a book. Or you went to Arlington and visited. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can regret something, but it doesn't even have to touch us. And then, what about repentance? Now God's got you broken. That's why I love being on my face. Because it just breaks me. It puts me in a position with God where he'll hear me and I hear him. And then comes action. Say, awakening. Say, honesty. Say, action. Aha! Action. Now, look at Luke 15, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Wow, you mean he didn't run up and say, do you still got any other inheritance left? Did you save anything? He didn't say to him, you really blew it. But you know what? I am going to love you. He didn't say anything. It says he saw him and he ran and he hugged his neck and he kissed him. I think that said it all to the son. How many of you hear me? When we look at this Bible, I got to tell you, God showed me this and I thought, wow. He said this whole Bible is a book on love. I just went, yeah. He says, you want to know how to love? Seek it out in this Bible. You want to know how to have compassion on people? Seek it out in my word. You want to know how to stop judging people? I don't have to always slap you on the hand and hit you in the head. He says, look in my word, and I'll show you. Stop going and asking Sister Susie. Or Brother Sam. Well, he's wise. There's nothing wiser than this. <laughs> How many of you hear what I'm saying? Action. Love in action. We can love in action while we are seeing sin in our lives or in others. 
It's harder to love yourself. Yeah? You can love someone else in the midst of their junk, in the midst of their addictions, in the midst of all their faults. You can love them. But then God says, well, I want you to look at you. And we just like think, yeah, God, you just really wasted your energy when you put this together. No. We're to love ourselves. And I don't say that in a haughty way, but you've got to love you in order to love everyone else. Action. How about this one? Because we get our little Christianese mentalities going. How about obedience, action, when you don't want to? Uh-oh. How about loving when you don't feel like it? Hello. How about moving in those directions that he calls you to, but you're tired? See, I believe God never expects one more thing out of you than he puts on you. Now, I'm not talking about the junk we put on ourselves. But when God shows you, go do this, he knows you can do it. Yep, we're, we're giggling because we know it. We know it's God. Confessing one to another. Ooh, look at this, James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Oh. Now, I wonder... I never caught this part real good, but when God brought it home, it made a lot of sense. He says, when you confess to me, I forgive. But when you confess to someone I tell you to go talk to, you are healed. Hello? I love it. I love spending time with God, and he shows me this little stuff. Confess to God, and he says, I forgive. That's good as done. It's as far as the east is from the west. It's into the forgetfulness sea, all that good stuff. He goes, but confess one to another. It says it right there. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. See, every time you come to the Inner Healing and Deliverance Seminar, you go through a whole period of inner healing. And what are you doing? You're confessing. You're confessing your hurts, your faults, your wounds. Every time when the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned before heaven and earth. And... What's he doing? He's getting healed. God will show you who to talk to. You don't necessarily go confessing your faults just to anybody. You don't go uh, dredging up junk in a relationship 35 years so you can hurt the other person. You find the one God has for you. 
to confess to and you share and pour your heart out because it says that we pray one for another. There are people in your life that you can share things with and they will lead you to healing and they will pray for you. And that's not everybody. Honesty. Honesty brings healing. But you have to take action and go do it. Go be honest. Go say, God, who do I share with so I can get some healing? See, action. Say, awaken. Say, honest. Say, action. You might have to get up off of your duff and go get some help. I don't believe in counselors. Good. Keep your junk. <laughs> you won't be useful in the kingdom. God can't use you. What do you gonna what do you got to offer? Hurt? Hurt others? Hurting people hurt others. So I can't wait till you come try to help me and you're hurting and you won't go see anyone. How many of you are hearing what I'm saying? See, he's speaking. Are we listening? Now, this is the part that really excited me. He says, you know, in that story of the prodigal, Cheryl, he says there is a grace for both sons. What? Because all we hear about is the kid outside the house. All we hear about is that little brat who got all his inheritance and went outside and made a mess. But what about the guy in the house? Are you getting this yet? <laughs> There's a grace. There's a grace for our nation. America's been a brat. America's been a brat. Outside the house. But, uh-oh. The church has been a brat. Church has been a brat inside the house. God said the next four year, five year period, from now through the 24, you're going to see a grace to our nation and to the church. You're going to see a grace to our nation. You're going to see darkness. You're going to see it still see some darkness. But you're going to see an unexpected surprise as we move consistently toward righteousness. You're going to see righteousness and breakthrough come in the next five years like never before. He says, I'm giving you a five-year grace period. See, grace is represented by the number five. So as I began to dig, he said, five, the number of grace. I'm giving you five years. I'm giving the church five years. It's a grace period. It doesn't mean we're over in five years. It means we get grace, lots and lots of grace. And he says, you're going to see a lot of corruption exposed and brought down. You're going to see a lot of key figures that 
A lot of people had all their eggs in that basket coming down. I'm going to rearrange, transition, move. We're just going to be a whole new masterpiece. Hallelujah. Don't put our eggs in nobody's basket except Jesus' basket. Not the Easter bunny basket. I'm not bashing the Easter bunny. I love Easter bunny, but he's just a bunny. A grace. Now, let's look at this older son for a minute. Because he was a brat in the house. Now, I want you to understand something. In Hebrew culture, in the Jewish culture, uh, Hebrew men, Jewish men, they run their home. And so living in the Jewish household is like a dictatorial ship. He says what we do, and we all say, yes, sir. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm aging myself, but how many of you ever heard of the honeymooners? That, that sitcom, the old one, Honeymooners, with Jackie Gleason and Audrey Meadows. And I just, Bishop and I have been watching some of those little episodes. We laugh so hard we cry. Because Ralph Cramden, his big thing is, I'm the king of this house. I run this house. And Audrey Meadows, uh, what's her name? Alice. Alice is just so precious. Because she just stands there and stares at him. And she just lets him talk. And he said the one night, he goes, I'm in charge. He goes, don't you realize you're just a lowly worm? And she's just sitting there looking at him. And he says, you know, if it wasn't for Christopher Columbus, he founded America. A man found America. And just so nonchalant, she goes, yeah, and if it wasn't for his mother, he wouldn't be there. So in a Jewish home, he was the king. The man was the king. The father ruled. It was no democracy. Nobody sat at table to have a family meeting except to say, yes, sir, I will do that, sir. Yes, sir. So for that older son to be so disrespectful, it is a custom in the Jewish household you never correct your parents. You can ask questions. If your father was an adulterer, you could not address his adultery. You could say to him, Father, is it okay for a man to be intimate with another woman even though he has a wife? Now, I'm sure the father would know, oh my God, this kid knows something. But you could never correct your parents. And yet here came this older son and said a lot of stuff, right? 
I've been here forever. I've taken care of everything, and you go give him this. You know, I've been around when he took off, and he just went on and on in a very disrespectful manner to the Father. His actions were unpleasing to God based on their culture. So the younger son was ugly outside the house. But see how we just really pick up on that one. That was obvious. That was so obvious to us, correct? And that's where a lot of teachings come out of. That younger son, what a brat. That younger son, he was just out of control. And oh, man. But what about that older son? He was ugly in the house. Church, he's talking to us. We're the older son, the body of Christ. And we've been ugly in the house. We who supposedly know God, we go before him with, well, I pray every day. Well, I read 10 pages of the Bible. Well, I do this and I do that. And I've witnessed Jesus to 100 people three years ago. That's disrespect. And what about that? And yet I want you to just see for a minute how the father responded. The father just simply said to him, Son, everything I have is yours. That's what God does to us in the house. When we get sassy, God says, I know what you've done. I see your good works. I see all that you're doing. But he says, I want you to do this. And I I see all that you've done. But I love you. And I don't judge you for it. But we need some correction here. God is so loving. God's going to deal in the house now. God's dealing with us as people. How many of you feel the conviction of God so much more than you ever did? It's like when one little thing comes out of your mouth, you go, oh my gosh, shut my mouth. Right? God shows me constantly what you just said you judged. I mean, sometimes we don't even know we judge. That's good when he corrects that. We can't correct ourselves. He's got to make the changes. It's so awesome. But the older son wasn't so obvious. See, we're not obvious to each other. Our junk, uh, you know. It's the same principle as when we look at our testimony. You know, Bishop and I came from two opposite ends of the spectrum. Bishop came from a background of being a little gangster. That's what I call him, my little gangster. And even the other day, uh, we, we have some new pastors in the network, and uh, they, they said, Bishop, you know, did you grow up in church all your life? And I start laughing. 
And he just smiled at him. He goes, no. I said he was a gangster. <laughs> and he just looked at me. He goes, can you please? But see, it's good. They need to see. He was the kid on the outside. He was the kid in the distant country. And when he came to Christ, man, God had worked love and compassion. And that, I mean, he was primed for the gospel and to spread the gospel. I came from the other end. I came from an upbringing of works. Man, you're going to earn this. Man, you're going to do good. Man, you know, don't give up. And if my father raised an eyebrow, I was like, okay, what did I do? And I would run because it was more of a in the house, growing up in the house. You taught everything right. You get it. But you begin to think, it's all about what you do. God says, I'm gracing you. He says, because I want you to have incredible testimonies. He says, he said that to me one day. He said, you know, Cheryl, you think you don't have a testimony. I said, well, I don't have all the excitement in my testimony. He says, what do you call excitement? I said, you know, God, I mean, I would never have even smoked a cigarette because I was afraid it'd be jammed down my throat <laughs> when I wasn't looking. He goes, no. He goes, that's a testimony. It's a testimony that you never danced uh, in crazy places growing up in your dance career so that yours was preserved for the house of the Lord. I said, well, yeah, but it don't sound very exciting. Right? God said, it's exciting to me. Doesn't matter if it's in the house or out of the house. God's looking for the bottom line of relationship with us. He's looking for us to respond to him. He's talking. Are we listening? I want to close with um, this clip from Field of Dreams. Just like us, this gentleman has full potential. Just like us, he's walking through the field. He's on a journey. Are we on a journey? Absolutely. And does it seem like everything's growing real high and we can't see all the time? Yep. But watch this. Because once you know God's speaking, man, then you just start to look everywhere to find out what's going on. You go from that awakening. He gets awakened to a voice. And then he goes to, okay, what, what's going on here? And then he starts to take action. Watch this. And you got to turn it up, please.
Annie, what was that? What was what? That voice just now. What was it? We didn't hear anything. All right. Okay, you must have heard that. Sorry. Hey, come on in to dinner. Let's go, Parker. Is there like a sound truck on the highway or something? Nope. Hey, Karen, dinner's ready. Kids are the radio. Nope. Hey, are you really hearing voices? Just one. What did it say? If you build it, he will come. If you build what, who will come? He didn't say. Mm. I hate it when that happens. Me too. build it he will come if we listen if we are awakened if we're honest God I don't know what you're talking about it says he'll come if we build our lives if we build other people's lives if we love if we build the kingdom it ain't about anybody's one little church if we build the kingdom He's coming. He's in the midst of it. Are we listening? Because he's talking. Father, thank you. And we acknowledge the awakening. We acknowledge today. And we are honest. We will allow us to tell the truth to us and who you show us. And God, we're taking action. We're stepping up and stepping out and going over. We thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your mercy. Father, I pray that this word be sealed in our hearts today. That we hear you. We are listening. Because I know you're talking. And God, we thank you. We choose to build, not to tear down. We choose to build, build, build. 
because we want to know you and we want the entire world to know you. Thank you, God. Thank you for today. Thank you that tomorrow will take care of itself and will not get overrun by all the stuff. We are not going back. We're moving forward to take the promised land. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you, if you're at home, get your communion elements because we're going to quickly receive the communion table because, man, that is a powerful weapon in this hour against the powers of darkness, amen? to take the land. You know, once they crossed over in the Passover, they had to begin their journey to taking the land. So communion now seals this and takes us forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.